Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce but I'm here with my brother Klesso. We are in. We're not in Miami, though. It would be fun to say we were in Miami. We're in. Where are we in? P- P- this is this is Pompano Beach. P- Pompano Beach. Give this video a like for the YouTube algorithm. We're doing something special because it's late night. I'm here with my brother Klesso. Klesso is a phenomenal artist, communicator. I've known you for a while. We've mm-hmm. done shows together back in the day yep. at, at Liberty University. There's other things we're going to talk about, but I want to open with this idea that you're engaged. I'm engaged. You're engaged. Here's the talk I keep getting. Everybody's like, yo, you, you can't get married young. It's just, it's just too, women is crazy out here. And, and, and the dating scene, Ruslan, you don't know the dating scene. These girls are wild. And then I hear, I hear from the women. And the women saying the same thing about the men. And then there becomes this whole men's rights movement called the Manosphere. You up on the Manosphere? Yeah, I've never heard of that in my Fan. life. Manosphere, red pill is wild, okay? It, it, it overlaps with traditional values and pickup artists. And, and, and the answer is really, I think, what you're doing, which is build an Ikea marriage. That's what they would call it. Build an Ikea marriage where you're building young, you're starting out, you're building a life together. I got married when I was 23. My wife was 21. How old are you? I'm 27 right now. 27. Mm. And how old is your fiance? She's 28. Is there nervousness? Are you afraid of getting married on the younger end of the spectrum? You talk about nowadays, 27, 21. uh, I mean, 27, 24. 28. 28. That's -hmm. that's considered young today. Yeah. Uh, Is there some nervousness going into this? So there's not like a nervousness with like with me and my fiance like that's my person it's more of a nervousness of like like dang like am I going to make the same mistakes like my pops did mm. or like my parents did it's like it's kind of like that kind of fear okay. like not wanting to 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 go through the cycle again Yeah because we both come from broken from broken homes Okay like that's that's like our story mm-hmm. so for us we kind of want like our relationship to be like you know what I'm saying? Like something that people can look to as like, okay, like God's working in them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we can, we want to break the stigma. You know what I'm saying? Right. Be like really be in the community to show like other boys and you know young girls that like yo like it can work. Like it you don't work, have yeah. to be like your pops or mm. you don't have to be like your mom. So mm. like that's that's really our kind of like our mm. story type yeah. thing. That's dope. I, I was th- I, I was literally saying the same exact thing. I come from a divorced household. I come from adultery on both sides mm. of the household. And initially, it was this. I just don't. I just don't want to have the same mistakes. You know, my family, my mom and dad did. I, I want to create something better. Um, is that coming primarily from your? worldview as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, or is it is it a little bit more practical than that? Meaning like, yo, we just want to have got good offspring. <laughs> like, where's that where's that coming from? To be honest, but I never really thought of that, but I, I think it really do come from I think it comes from my worldview because like if it didn't, I feel like it wouldn't really matter. Mm. I, I really wouldn't see marriage as like like final, you know mm. what I'm saying? It would be like 
I, w- I wouldn't even get married if that was the case. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right, I would right. just kind of be like, okay, I'm with this shawty now, right. then I'm with. Right. But for real, it's like I'm trying to like, you know, really, like my my whole dream, I want to be a dad one day. Like, yeah. like I love music, I love the art, but it's like my real dream is like, I just want to be a dad. You huh. know what I mean? Like that that's kind of like my thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's kind of like where I'm at with it. That's good. Um, you talk about coming from a broken home, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know uh, your mother's from Haiti. My mom's from Haiti. Where's yeah. your father from? My dad's from Togo. Togo, which is a part it's of, of uh, it's in West Africa. West so Africa. like right by okay. Ghana, okay. Nigeria. And how did they meet? They met in France. They met in France. Yeah, my okay. mom was getting like her masters in France, wow. and my dad was he was get, he was getting his education out there too. Okay. So they met over there. So they met over there, and then how did they come over to the states? Well, my mom was already a citizen. Okay. She was already a citizen in America. Already. She's a citizen. Yeah. Your dad's in France, and then how do you how did because they you guys lived here together, right? Yeah, yeah. So. I think they got together, whatever, and then they moved to um, Miami. Okay. Moved to Miami, had me a couple years later. They had my older sister than me. Okay. And so, and then at some point, your dad leaves. Yeah. He, okay, so he steps out of, um, so he walks out of my life when I'm 12. So he, I remember it like yesterday, January 24, 2007. Wow, you know the date. I know the date, man. Okay. I, I remember the whole vision. So I remember we about to go to school. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I'm in like the, the living room, whatever, and mm-hmm. my mom is like standing at the door. Mm. So she's standing at the door, and she has her arm crossed like mm-hmm. this, whatever. I remember, so and I'm kind of like staying there. Like the the mood is different. It's not like your typical morning. All right, mm-hmm. time to go to school. Da da da. Yeah. So my dad, he walks up to me. He got a suitcase in his hand, and he like bends down on one knee, and he's like, "My son." I'm going to be gone for two years. I mean, not two years. He said, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. I'll be right back while I'm gone. Take care of your mom. Take care of your sisters. Huh. And I'll, I'll be right back. Okay. And I was like, to me, I was kind of just like, it was weird, but I was like, okay. Like, like yeah. why is this, this whole scene? Yeah. So he leaves. Like, my mom and him don't embrace. He leaves, whatever. And mm-hmm. then that was that. So it went like two weeks, a uh, couple months. Mm-hmm. Then a year, two years, five, ten. Now it's like, 15, it's going to be 15 years in January. Mm. So it's crazy. And the crazy thing is, right, so... So hold on, hold on. Where did yeah. he go? He went to Africa. He just went back to Africa. He went back to Africa. I'm assuming there was tension in the marriage that caused him to go back. Right. Okay. And, yeah, there was, a, there was tension in the marriage. It's funny, though. I was thinking about this the other day. It's kind of random, but I remember when I was younger, I would go, in the, go into their room. Uh-huh. And I would see my dad with like a, a mattress on the floor, laying on a mattress on the floor, and I'd be like, "Yo, papi, why you got a, why you laying on the floor? <laughs> yeah. The bed's right there." Yeah. And he would say like, "Oh, like my back hurts. Yeah. Like I got back problems, so I'm staying on the floor." And I, I remember I would look at my mom, and she would like make a face, yeah. like, but I didn't really peep when I was younger. Mm. But like when I was thinking back, yeah, in hindsight, my, it all makes sense. It all makes sense when yeah. so you go back, like, "Oh no, you got you got your butt kicked yeah. on the floor." Yeah. yeah. But yeah. so. Why I'm asking you these things, because obviously all these things affect us as men today, right? right? So my backstory, my dad left six months after us coming to America. Wow. I was six, which is wild because my son is six now. So it makes me think about that. He's going to remember this the way I remember that. And what happened for me, bro, I found letters of with kiss lipstick kiss marks. And I thought they were from my dad. 
And I, and I thought, so I brought them to my dad. They were really back in, in, in Russia, to Russia, to my mom's side piece. And the arrangement was they both had situationships. We, they came to America, it was a clean slate, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? And so I didn't, I didn't know this, that I was holding this level of like responsibility for the deterioration of their marriage um, and, until, my, until I confronted my dad as an adult. Like, why'd you leave? Like, what happened? And he said, you don't remember? Like, this is what happened. And then it all like came back to me, and, then, and I connected the guilt and the shame attached to exposing her to him and then that caused the downward spiral of her then you know becoming an alcoholic us going on welfare my dad leaving getting remarried not really being in my life and we've since reconciled and we're in a good space and so I carried a lot of that and I didn't realize that until I was an adult you know so have you had that conversation with your dad as an adult um, as you're now about to enter the right. season of marriage have you had that conversation with your dad as an adult? Like, fam, why did you just bounce? Like, I was 12. I needed my father. Yeah, so, um, man, it's crazy because we've, like, we've had conversations. So, you ever watch those movies where it's, like, the dad kind of, like, is, like, yo, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a get this money and I'm going to mm. make this whole situation right. Mm. Like, mm. I'm going to do this. He's, like, one of those people, like, in those movies, like, that 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 father that has like the big ideas, the mm. big dreams, and they never pan out. Mm. Like, it's it's not like, what's that thing with Will Smith? Yeah, yeah, the Will Smith. It's kind of like Will Smith and his son. Yeah. In this movie, you ain't talking about the rich ones. It's literally yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's dad. Like, yeah. like I feel like that's my are you talking, wait, are you talking about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or are you talking about this, the movie where Will Smith and Jaden Smith were but together? That one too, but yeah. like, that has a happy ending. Like, there's no... Yeah, yeah there's no <laughs> happy ending. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, so he's actually out there in his mind. Yeah. I'm gonna go out and get the bag yeah, that's and bring what, it back to the family. But I'm, you know, so if I'm talking to my mom two in the morning because some situation in Haiti's happening, right? Yeah. Haiti's crazy right now, and I'm talking about earlier because my dad does this thing where he'd be like, "Yo, I'm coming to bring this." Like, and I remember I'm like, when I was young, I was like, "Yo, like, bro, I, I, no one cares about that." Like. Yeah. No one cares how much money you make or bring back, even if it's a hundred million dollars, yeah. bro. You lost you, you lost fifteen years yeah. of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how hard it is living in Miami, trying to figure out life as a kid, yeah. like you know, without a father, right. like. Right. But that's hard, right. you know. So it's like, like I was saying, I was talking to my mom about it. I was like, bro, if he would have come back with a million dollars right now, let's say he came back and brought get brought back a million dollars. Yeah. Bro, a million dollars divided by fifteen is sixty-seven k. Like, bro, like you could have been a you just worked, You could have been a janitor, dog. Exactly, you could have been a janitor, dog. You could have like, had a union job. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was like you know what I'm saying. So that's that's kind of like me, like bro, like he's he's one of those. So I, in his mind, he's still out. Yeah, trying to provide for the family. But it's like, and where is he now? He's in the Congo. Wow. And is there another family involved? Is there another woman? Is that like or is that not he, verified? Or I mean, he, he says no and I and I you know what I'm saying, like I'll take his word for it. But you there might be some half brothers and sisters running around <laughs> that you haven't met yet. Yo, you know what's funny? <laughs> I was showing I was showing I had a he sent me like a picture on WhatsApp yeah. and it was him with these two like young younger girls, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And someone was like, Yo, is that your sister? Uh. Like thinking, thinking is my sister Sika. Like, yeah. uh. like from here, I said no. 
Yeah. And they're like, yo, that look like Sika. Ah. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> hey, yo. So there's a chance. No, I don't think so, bro. You don't think so, okay. I don't, I don't, nah, I don't, I mean, people probably on there like, hey, that's your yeah. sister. Wow. No, nah, I don't think so, because he, he said, nah, like, and if there was, bro, it don't change how I think of him. Well, well, well help me understand. He is out in the Congo. You guys are in Miami. Yeah. The, the superficial answer would be like, well, life is better in Miami than it is in the Congo, right? Or, yeah, or yeah. am I missing something? So like, with him, like, you know, like in Africa, there's a lot of like the oil and okay. like... So there is opportunity the, like, outside the United States. That's like yeah, a very yeah. Western yeah, thing yeah, 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 to yeah, say, yeah. right? So uh, I, I think he, like, I remember when I was younger, like at 10, I'd see him. Yeah. He'd be on the computer and it would be stuff about oil. Okay. I think about. So I think he was like, he's like trying to do stuff with oils. But I mean, come on, 15 years, bro? Yeah. Like, Sheesh. So, is he coming to the wedding? Okay, so, whatever. The, when I Once I got engaged, like, like a week later, I told him, like, yeah. yo, I'm getting married, yeah. da-da-da. Yeah. Um, would love to have you at the wedding. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, he was like, yeah, I'll be there. Okay. So, when we send out our, like, RSVP stuff, he yeah. was, like, the first one to whatever, da-da-da. Yeah. But it's kind of those things. It's like, bro, he's never showed up to my wedding, my... Not my wedding, I'm saying my graduations, you mm. know what I'm saying? My sister's graduation. Like, he's never showed up to any big thing or, like, you know, he didn't even show up to my mom's dad passing mm-hmm. away, my grandpa passing away. Like, he didn't show up to any of these big moments. It's like, in the back of my head, I was like, I don't think he's going to show up, mm. you know? So it's like, it's been this, like, weird dichotomy of, like, okay, like, I've forgiven him from everything, but this whole wedding thing mm-hmm. of, like, him coming, I feel like, in a sense, like, I'm, like, opening up myself mm. for, like, her. Your, your expectations are up. You're, right. There's that glimmer of, like, is, of is, is dad going to show up? Yeah. Right. So then I hit him, like, he hit me. I got COVID, like, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So my mom told him, and he was, like, whatever, checking up on me. And then as he's checking on me, I'm like, yo, like, um, are you coming to the wedding? Mm-hmm. And he was, like, his whole tune changed. He's like, oh, like... I'll let you know by the end of the month, September, I'll let you know, whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. Right from his tone, I'm like, he's not coming. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So then he hit, I, I spoke to him Sunday, and then he was like, um, he did that thing, because I remember back in the day, I told him, like, yo, all that dreamer stuff, like, you coming, like, don't talk about that with me. Like, mm. like we're going to have a relationship, like, let's mm-hmm. just, you know, keep that away, like, you know. So then he kind of like low key was hinting at that stuff, mm. and it kind of like threw me off. Like, bro, like I'm not trying to hear that. Man, that's that's hard, bro. Like, how do you how do you guard your heart yeah. against against it from your father? Yeah. So, okay, because this is so many questions. So I guess the next question is: twelve dad leaves for me, a six that was huge, right? Yeah. I didn't understand how impactful it was. Maybe you were a bit more aware yeah. of life and things. My sister was six. Her, her six turning okay. seven in four days. She left, he left four days before my little sister's birthday. What was that like for you to then have to navigate your teenage years without your dad there? Bro, honestly, man, it was like I was... So my, my worldview was like... My worldview was like, okay... If you do good things, God's gonna take care of you. Like okay. that that was like my working theology. So okay. it's like, okay, God, I've been doing all this good stuff. Mm-hmm. Why is like my whole world crashing right now? Mm. So it was kind of just like my mind was like, okay, like 
there's a God out there, but he just doesn't care about black people. Mm. Like he just he just cares about white people because I see everybody who's like more fair skinned, their parents are still together, yeah. but okay, mine are separated. And I felt like I did. You're thinking right. this at 12, 13 12. years. Wow. Yeah. So I had to like rework it. So I, so I started even looking into like at that young age, like okay, what Islam talking mm-hmm. about? What's Buddhism? Like what's all these other things mm-hmm. talking about? Um, but I just felt like like God God kept showing up, mm. showing up. You know what I'm saying? Into my life, so it was. It's kind of crazy, bro, because it's like I was like really looking for some sense of like comfort and validation. So I would I would look to girls, I would look to girls for that mm. that validation, like through my teenage years and even in like. Well, you're like, in Miami too. That's like yeah. I feel like there's like a spirit over Miami, bro. <laughs> yeah, wow, man. It's, it's the spirit of lust. It's something's going it's, on. It's here. in the water, bro. For real. Yeah. That Miami water different. So you then start, you yeah. know, being sexually immoral the yeah. whole bit. And then at what point what point do you get saved? Or was it more of like a process for you? It was a process, but definitely I remember um, I was like junior year about to go into senior year. Okay. And I had this youth pastor who would let me rap yeah. uh, after a youth group. He yeah. would always tell me, come youth group, yo, you could rap. Yeah. So he would do his service, and yeah. then after he'd be like, he would say, "Oh, you could just play beats, Mr. Adams." I mm-hmm. remember it. Uh-huh. You could, he, you could just play beats and yeah. just rap yeah. after church. So yeah. I would like, yeah, I'm trying to rap. So I would just rap for like an hour because my mom would come pick me up at ten. Yeah, she was working or whatever. So I would just stay and rap, rap, rap. Me and my friend Cedo, we would just rap for every Wednesday. Yeah. And then one day he was like, "Oh, we're we're doing a a Bible camp. This place called Word of Life." Mm. It's up there in northern Florida. Um, do you want to come? I'll pay for everything. I'm like, nah, I'm not trying to go to Bible camp. Mm. <laughs> and my boy Cito was like, bro, there's some really cute girls there. Yeah, it's always the girls. They got a basketball tournament hey, after, yeah. all this stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm going. And yeah. my boy Matthew Bryan going. Yeah. I'm like, oh, bet. If all my friends I'm going, like, going. shoot, yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah. So I went, bro, and that joint rocked me. Huh. It rocked me, and I was like, okay, I need to live my life right for Jesus. So that so so you get saved at church camp. Yeah. And you're also doing sports. Yeah, I was nasty. And I know you were pretty incredible with track. Yeah. Were you also playing basketball cuz we've hooped before and you pretty Yeah, nice. I was So once I found out in like 10th grade that like I could go really far on mm-hmm. track, I kind of like put basketball to the side. Okay. But um but I I would still play on the team yeah. and stuff, but like like if I got if I did anything for basketball, I could probably walk on to like a D three. Okay. But track, I was D one. Like, if I didn't tear my labral on my hip, which is funny, I'm about to see a doctor in two weeks about getting surgery. Uh-huh. I think I could have went pro with it. So you then end up at Liberty University. Yeah. Which is very ironic, especially for what Liberty University has been known for right. recently. Right. Uh, with Jerry Falwell Jr. Yeah. Right, that man, the pool boy. <laughs> Yo, what? he just sit there in the corner and watch. He like, if y'all don't know, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, Liberty University uh, was, is a college in Lynchburg. Yeah, founded by Jerry Falwell, who I, I am personally never been a fan of, yeah. which was wild to me when I met all you know Kleso and all these amazing creative kids. I'm like, y'all going here? Here's the thing. We didn't know about... Yeah, didn't know the history. Like, we didn't know the history. Like, we just... D1 school, that's Christian. (laughs) And, like, honestly, my professors were super dope. Like, um, 
Miss Bites, the academic advisor, was great. Yeah. Like my yeah. coaches, like yeah. everybody was dope. And I was kind of like, right when I was leaving was when the whole Trump stuff okay. was happening. So I like then the school. I was like, oh, what school is this? Yeah. This is a different school. Yeah. See, I pulled up like. Like, I was, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I, I knew of Falwell and I knew the energy he was on yeah. years and years. Because I remember, see, I, you know, I was 17, 18 years old around 9-11. And I remember him going on TV Word. and saying wild stuff about 9-11 and why that happened. So I, I was like, yo, th- this man is off. You know, and, and but yet you guys were there. And it was, the whole thing was really interesting because there was this real cool pocket of, Incredibly talented kids from yeah. Liberty, and we threw a couple shows there. Um, and you were you were you were kind of always the one that like stood out. Like you was like the Thank you, one of the nicest ones. Uh, and, and not not to say that the other folks weren't nice, but I remember doing the show, and uh, it was uh, we brought Foggy out. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. This is twenty fifteen. Well, I remember it so vividly. I remember I was rapping, and then. As the last song, you put your hand on my shoulder and you was jumping with me. I don't remember. And when yes, bro. (laughs) And I remember I looked in my head. I was like, "Yo, Rusan's on stage with me. (laughs) (laughs) Rusan's on stage with me, jumping up and down, bro. Bro, I was so geeked off that, bro. So you, so you, so you build a following in town, yeah. In 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 like a like a following in Lynchburg, yeah. Then you relocate back to Florida. I re well first I go to. by you, I go to San Marcos first. And Vista, when I stayed with Tanner and Foggy. You were actually going to college there for a while. And literally, like, right after I left, mm-hmm. I didn't finish college. Mm-hmm. I went to okay. I went to Vista and all of them. Wow. I stayed with them at Oceanside. How long was that? That was like five, five six months. Okay, months. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't very long. Mm-mm. And then I came back to and Miami. And then you came back to Miami. And I linked up with Gavi when I came back right. here. And so, yeah, then you could partner with Gavi. So now... You grow up, you 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 make it through your teenage years. Mm-hmm. Seems like sports was one of the outlets for you. Yeah, um, you have this radical encounter with God. Um, where do you think you would have ended up? And this is this is again, this is like a macro yeah. conversation. This is I, I want I like having these conversations. I think it gives people context and hopefully gives people empathy. Where do you think you would have ended up had your, your father's out of the picture? You got a great mother, but. You had sports and God, Jesus, right, yeah. and a pastor, youth pastor that gave you an outlet. What do you think? What do you? How do you think your life could have went had you not had those outlets? You know, it's so wild. Like my mom, she would literally, and this may be putting out too much money, but she would like borrow money from other people to like put me in private school during mm. this time, like Christian private school, uh, day Christian school in Hialeah. Yeah. She would she would borrow money from people to put me like like bro and she would borrow money put people put me in private school but we'd have no lights mm. there'd be no power in the house wow. there'd be no water we'd have to go to this place to get like well water and fill it up you know fill Jeez. up different containers to this is in Miami Miami bro yeah we had no power no water and the thing is none of my friends knew that like mm. I was dating I was I was dating a girl at the time she even knew that mm. right and she would. Borrow all this money just to put me in Christian school because even though she didn't believe, you know, she didn't really believe in Christianity because she felt like it failed her, mm. right? She would say, like, it's better you have that education because I don't want you running wild. Mm. So I think, like, I see a lot of, I see a lot of. Uh, so she was intentional about 
giving you the right framework, even though she wasn't all the way sold out. Exactly. Herself. Wow. Because she, cause she, she, she's seen the power of what Christianity can do to, that could, to help people, right? Right. right. Right, but she didn't b- believe it for herself, right? Because she felt like the church failed her when my yeah. dad left. Yeah. They they le- they abandoned her because yeah. of the whole divorce thing, right? Which is hypocrisy, whatever. Right. right, right. But all that being said, I've I, I mentor young kids who yeah. don't have their fathers, yeah. right? Like um, kids who have gone on to go like who are in jail, mm-hmm. who have been killed, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying, are in that street life. They don't have their fathers. Like I've seen the negative impacts of what that does to a kid. Like, yeah. And it's generational. Yeah. It's generational if you don't have a mother that... My mother moved us out of... Uh, the, uh, we were in the City Heights, Normal Heights area, and I was getting in trouble. I got arrested at 11. And she... Same thing. She moved us to the suburbs. She moved us to Vista. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Had she not done that, I don't I don't know what could have happened. You exactly. know, And that was the catalyst to me taking sports more seriously, taking yeah. my faith more seriously, taking my music more seriously. Um, you know what's crazy, though? Hmm. Like... Okay, my dad left my life. My um, his dad was in his life, and what's interesting when I talked to him about that a couple months ago, because mm-hmm. you know I'm getting married, so I'm I'm trying to figure out the family history, right, right? right? When he's talking to me about his dad, he's like normalizing his dad not being in his life, and it's it's interesting because I feel like a lot of times like people who come from traumatic instance like histories backgrounds. Mm-hmm. They normalize the trauma. Yeah, it's they, numb. Yeah. they like it's like oh that's that's nothing. Mm. Like they don't really work through it. It's normalized. So when they do it, it's mm. like it's not a big deal. It's yeah. not that serious. Yeah. Where I'm trying to get in a place where I'm like yo, I don't want to normalize unhealthy behavior. Like let's just not let's all not like normalize unhealthy behavior. Yeah. Like you know. So it's 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 a lot. So how are you? Obviously, you've been walking with Jesus for a while. Yeah, I'm guessing about ten ten years, right? If junior year of high school, you're 27 mm-hmm. now. Um, how have you dealt with that trauma? So that so that you don't repeat the same cycles. Um, I, I think at first it started with just kind of like just writing poetry, like okay. walking through that, like in the music. I feel like the music really helped me. You know, through a lot of stuff. And then I started, like, really... I started opening up to my friends. And then I started, like, opening up to, like, different pastors. But, like... So so there being an uh, an, an outlet to communicate and actually... Because a lot of times, bro, I don't think we can process this until we're adults. Yeah. Because you don't really... Like, life is happening to you. And then you go up and you're like, wait a minute. Like, that wasn't normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 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 now you have these outlets and what you said pastors, friends. Yeah, and then I started getting counseling. Okay, talk about that. Yeah, you know, counseling was it was weird for me because when I got counseling, mm-hmm. when I started getting counseling, I used to get counseling for like anger management because I had a lot of anger management problems, um, issues, whatever. Which was probably another symptom of all this. Yeah. Oh. So I started getting counseling, but I, the root for why I started the counseling was because my best friend Darius died. Mm. He, he tragically died in a car accident. So then I started getting counseling, and then it opened up the stuff with my pops and stuff like that, and the death. So it was like working through those traumatic instances, and that kind of really helped me. But like, you know, you know, like I don't know how to explain it, but you ever been in a place where it's like you feel like you're going through so much, like. I don't know how to explain it, but, like, you just don't want to bring people into it. Mm-hmm. So I stopped showing up to the sessions, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't have. And then I was I was going to drop out. Like, 19, I was going to drop out of school completely. Mm. 
And then like someone, uh, actually Darius's father called me and told me like, don't quit, don't stop mm. because Darius wouldn't want that to happen to you. Oof. So I was like, okay, like I'm a, I'm gonna stick with it. So it was like, I don't know if it wasn't, it wasn't like for people like that, like reaching out, but I definitely want to start going back to counseling. I'm in premarital counseling right now. And that's been like, my dog, Muchi Ukebu, pastor out of Miami at the Brook. He's been like, yeah, I don't know. Like that's my big bro, but that's been like a blessing. Like just him like pouring into me and helping me walk through this stuff. Like seeing stuff from my past and like, okay, let's walk through that and see you know what I'm saying? How that plays out. Type yeah. Thing. Oh, man. I think, I think, I wish that this was pressed more onto me before I turned 30. Like, I wish people were sitting me down like, bro, you, you should really go to therapy. Yeah. Like, you should go to counseling. Like, I tell people all the time, like, I'll pay for your first therapy session. Like, I'll, like, go see someone, go sit down. Because I think, especially if you have serious traumas, like sexual trauma or yeah. all these different things, man. Because, again, we don't really know how these things impact us. Um, I, I want to come back to the marriage thing. Your mother is in Haiti now. Yeah. Um, but we're close. You and your mom are close. Very close. Haiti's, you know historically has had a really interesting history. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I, got, I, w- I want to unpack that just briefly, um, but, I, but I have a bigger question for you. But just, just for folks who don't know, yeah. I just learned about this recently in terms of how weird the entire, like how, why that nation is in poverty yeah. is not just because... not because they don't work right, or hardworking, right. right? So when you look at the history of Haiti, it's like, um, first, it was, there was indigenous people, but then they brought people from Africa, and they were enslaved by the French. It was a French colony, right? Mm-hmm. So then, when Haiti rose up, the first, the first people on the western side to like, you know, get their independence. When they rose up, mm-hmm. um, after they rose up, uh, France was like, "Okay, you got to pay us." Uh, like blackballed them, basically. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to pay us like X millions of dollars. So we don't bring our forces, like other forces in YPL. So pretty much the freed slaves had to pl- to pay the enslavers for their freedom wow. to keep on. So it, this crazy dichotomy. So it's like not only that, what the French did, they like destroyed. A, so, you know, in, when you when you in crops, like when you like you see stuff like in the Bible or just how farmers do it, like mm-hmm. they'll plant in one section. But then they'll after they're done, they'll go to another section, let that the, the thing rests, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what they did, they like destroyed a lot of the natural resources. So a lot of the stuff they was known for making, like sugarcane and stuff, like they couldn't make it because they literally destroyed the resources. That's why you look at the DR mm-hmm. so prosperous in a sense is because one, they didn't have to pay back their enslavers mm-hmm. and two, their resources were good. So they literally crippled the country and then made them, and then crippled them financially, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, Bro, it's like you're trying to run a marathon with two huge boulders on your back. Like, mm. how, how can you how can you succeed, yeah. right? So that's that's kind of like why Haiti has struggled so much. And then over the years, like, you know, there's some corruption in the government, yeah. as in mo- as in every government, there's right. corruption. But how uh, how do you, in light of because there was a, a recently an earthquake there? Yeah, my right? mom was there. Um, a country that's struggling, yeah. right? A country that isn't struggling because they're lazy or whatever, yeah. right? Um, how do you 
as someone has gone through everything you've gone through makes sense of suffering? Man, that's kind of like, that's kind of been like something I had to like really dig in deep since I was like 12, teenager. So mm-hmm. it's like, how, how I make sense of it is like we live in a broken world that everybody, no matter who you are, is touched by this brokenness that affects us all. So mm-hmm. it's like, I, I think a lot of the questions I used to ask was like, hey, yo, God, like, why am I going through this? Why mm-hmm. am I suffering? Why mm-hmm. me? Why me? Why me? Why me? And I stopped asking why me, but it's more like, okay, God, like, like use me in a sense. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like, I'm suffering. He's suffering, she's suffering, they're suffering. How do I make sense of this suffering? Is like, okay, like we're all gonna suffer in some extent, but it's like, what's gonna give you that peace throughout the suffering? Mm-hmm. What's gonna what's gonna keep you intact throughout the suffering? And for me it's God. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like that's why I think of like when I read scriptures and it talks about how like God is gonna come and make everything new. Like yeah. that's something to look forward to. Like, you know what I mean? That's something you know what I'm saying, to celebrate. Mm. I think in a, when I was like looking at a lot of, you know, different religions when I was younger, it was like, there was a lot of fina- finality to it. You know, mm. it was like, but when you look at scriptures, it's not just like, what is dope, it's like, it's not just this future coming, but it's like, like God can help you in this suffering right now through mm. it. Like God can help you get that peace right now. Yeah. Yeah. So when I look at suffering, it's more like, I'm. I'm it's not like I'm tired of this like victim mentality, like why me? Mm-hmm. But it's more like okay, like okay, it's gonna happen. Mm. But how can I help others through it? Yeah. How can I be a light through it? That's kind of how I take it. That's beautiful. I mean, Jesus said, "In this life, you will have trouble." Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I think about globally, man, and you know, uh, vast majority of people will never have a car. Yeah, you, you know, know what's crazy though. <laughs> vast majority of people will never have a lot of these yeah. things we take for granted. Yeah. Uh, most people will never like poverty here in context. I mean, you were talking about not having running water. That's a different yeah. type of poverty, right? Um, I remember m- maybe going without food a little bit, but we always had a roof over our heads, yeah. right? But you're talking about other places of the world. Yeah, absolute poverty is different yeah. than it is here. You know what's crazy though? Like you go to Africa, you go to Haiti, and people would be like, "Oh man, like they got it rough." Mm-hmm. Bro, they smile, they got yeah, joy, yeah. like, they actually have a sense of joy that a lot of people in America with all the luxuries <laughs> of life don't have, so yep. it's like, we looking at them like, man, your mm-hmm. grass is not that green, but they got peace, and then they're looking at us, it's like, dang, man, your yeah. life may be perfect, but like, you may be going through so much, yeah. so it's like, yeah. the grass is always greener on the other yeah. side. Well, in America, we, we deal with access to excess, yeah. right, so we, we it's an it's a existential problem where... Uh, parts of the world will die from starvation, from not enough food. Exactly. We we die from too much food or too much processed food. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like a it's like a weird inverted thing. There's this Thomas Sowell quote that I don't. Very few things I necessarily agree with him on, but this is one of them. And he said, he said the the question isn't the question shouldn't be why is there chaos and why is there suffering. He said, when you look at the scope of human history, the question really should be, why is there ever order? And mm. why is there ever structure? Right? And, I, and, I, and that's always stuck with me because we can look and say, oh, man, like, 
this bad thing happened. The pandemic yeah. happened. This right. right. This happened. The recession. Right. And it's like, nah. I think we forget how wild the world really is. Yeah. Like the world on its own devices is dark and evil. Right. And so instead of just wondering why it's dark and evil, we really should be asking, like, how do we have it stable here? Like, what are the yes. mechanisms that work here that are good, that are positive? And so I think, uh, I think that's an interesting place that we could position our hearts to because it's not a question of like, oh, man, why am I suffering? It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> why is there not rampant suffering? And why are we, ha- why are we not already blown ourselves up with all the access we yeah. have, you know? So that's a... I, it's an interesting way to look at at, at at suffering, I think, is is instead of trying to make sense of it, maybe we should be focusing on why is there good and yeah. where does the good come from? And me and you as followers of Jesus would say the good comes from Jesus. Yeah. The good comes from having a godly worldview and also writing uh, the wrongs of history, right? If, there, you know, Haiti has this history, like I, you've shared about you wanting and believing you're going to do something great for that country. Yeah. And, 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 and now you're kind of figuring out like that becomes your wide, it becomes your macro vision. And maybe you don't do it today. Maybe you yeah. don't do it this decade. Maybe you do it when you're 45, 47, 57. Yeah. Right. But that becomes, that becomes the, the, the deeper reason is like, well, I'm, I'm going to do my part to try and right these wrongs that have yeah. happened in history. And I think, I think we all could do that. Um, I don't know if you got any, any anything you want to add to that, but I think that's a, that's a really really interesting concept, man. Is making sense of suffering, especially right now, especially right now with what we're seeing in Afghanistan, with what just yeah. happened in Haiti, um, stuff here. Uh, it, it, we're arguing and fighting. I feel like over the wrong things. Like Cass is flaring up over things. Yeah. It's like, fam, this isn't really all that. Like this isn't that big of a deal in context to like people not having running water. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like You know, it's crazy. I used to do, um, I say used to, like a couple years ago, there was a village in in Nieps called En Savo. It's in, it's in Haiti. And that's the area where the earthquake hit. Mm. Right? So in that village, there's no, like, medical center anywhere around there. And literally all the buildings, all the houses destroyed. Wow. All destroyed. And... It, it was so wild because at the time, like, at that time I was kind of like, you know, like, you ever think about, like, you're doing something or you want to do something, it's like, man, someone else could do it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, ah, that's, that's, that's a little too much, like, not right now, or someone else would do it, someone, like, not me, you know, God, like, not me, or whatever, you know, you just, you know, you tell yourself, like, it's not me. And then, like, that happened, it's like, man, like, not if not so like if why not me yeah why not why not me like so like that happened and you know it was crazy my my younger sister Sika like super warrior like she collected a whole bunch of stuff and she went over there and brought supplies and then I'm gonna follow up in a couple in a couple while to see like what we can do for like long term how can we how can we help this village long term Mm. how can we bring medical facilities, a school there long term to like give these, you know, give these young kids a future, right? Because, you know, that's what my mom did for me. She sacrificed to give me a future. Like, I want people to have that same thing. So, like you said, it may not be 10 years, whatever, whatever. It could be in two years, Lord willing, but it's like, I want to be able to like really help people who are suffering, you know, like. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, And and I I think most people don't quite understand 
how inexpensive it could be to, to move the needle, mm-hmm. right? Like, I talk, I've talked about this, there's a, I believe an organization called Charity Water, and they go in and they build wells in parts of the world that don't have clean water. And when you do the math, it, you know, approximately ten to $15,000, and you can literally build a well. You could put, you, that, that's the resource it takes to them build a well in this part of, of the world where there isn't clean drinking water and completely revolutionize an entire community. Yeah. So they have this whole campaign of donating your birthday, which I think was what I'm going to do. So instead, I'm turning 37 this year, so instead of saying, hey, you know, buy me something. It's like, no, everybody go donate $37 to this. And if you, you know, you can, so, so I say all that to say, I don't think it requires as much resource when people yeah. understand and, and come together um, to, to, to radically move and change things in these, in these people, these people's lives. Yeah. Um, let's come full circle, right? Mm-hmm. So you are about to be married in what? 45 days, 50 days? 75 Seven days. days. Wow, my math is fuzzy. <laughs> fuzzy math. Um, oh, young people watching this, maybe they're younger than you, maybe they're your age, maybe they're older. They're frustrated. They've gone through suffering. They've gone through trials. They don't know what they don't know. What they, don't know. they don't know they have issues. They yeah. don't know the trauma from their childhood is flaring up and making them dysfunctional and toxic in relationship, right? They don't know these things. And so they're 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 watching this video, they're watching uh, some of the content. What advice do you have for folks in the dating scene, space, um, and, and how would you encourage people to get to a place where, one, you can heal, but two, you, you can move and build a new life and a new legacy where you don't repeat the same patterns? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say, honestly, don't look for someone that's going to complete you. Okay. Because people will fail you, right? Okay. The person you love is going to fail you. Your wife's going to fail you. Whoever, your girlfriend, boyfriend, they're going to fail you. Like, look for God to, like, complete you, right? Mm. So that's, that's what I would say first. Like, get, get stable first. Get stable first. Deal yeah. through your trauma first. If you Don't just get into a relationship. Like, if you've been, if you haven't worked through, we're always going to have things we're working through. Mm-hmm. But, like, make sure you do a lot of work before, you know, you dump that on another Amen. person. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, I would say is um, would you not to not to, not to cut yeah, you yeah. off? Would you say if you don't do the work and you remain unstable, unhealthy, that you'll probably attract people like that yeah, to yeah, yeah. you <laughs> for sure? Because <laughs> because whole hill people don't don't go looking uh, for you know yeah unstable, unhealthy people that yeah. are haven't dealt with their stuff. Unless yeah. they have codependency issues and they're trying to be fixers. Or if they're like, <laughs> or if the person is manipulative and they know how to hide mm. their stuff, then you, they could maneuver in a way till you don't really know until you're, you're in it mm-hmm. type thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like honestly, like really, really like work through your demons, really work through the stuff that your traumas that you're going through, mm-hmm. like before mm-hmm. you hop into something. And also, I would say like like go a hundred percent like mm. you know what I'm saying like you don't want to get fifty and they get fifty like my 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 coach coach Isaiah used to tell me like nah you want someone that's gonna give you a hundred percent so make sure y'all both are going a hundred percent and I think the last thing I think the last thing I would say was on the tip of my tongue is like um, be with somebody that you could like 
build something together with. That's mm. kind of like my thing is like, it's like what, with me and my fiance is like our vision, like for our family is like, we want to be a light, you know, be able to impact our community with our gifts through, with our giftings in our community, in our friends, and our family. We want to be able to impact them, you know, for God. Like that's, that's that. Mm -hmm. So it's like whatever she got going on, she wants to be someone who mentors young women, mm. right? And, you know, I want to, you know, with my music and the nonprofit stuff, like I want to be able to, you know, impact communities, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to be able to bring the stuff that we want to do together to really impact. So that's us. So it's like, I feel like if you're going to marry somebody, really marry someone you could, oh, not just someone you could like, you know, you know, have some fun with, which is great, which is amazing. You yeah. want to be able to have fun with them, but what can you build that outlasts you in the future? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Generational, like generational wealth, generational, generational influence, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's some real good game, man. And you know, saying. people are gonna say it's not possible, but I say it all the time. I look around my life and I see young people left and right getting married, building marriages, building families, building legacies, building homes. And I think it's possible, um, but I think it's totally spot on. Do the work first. Mm. Do the work on yourself because. Taking that into marriage will complicate marriage, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're all going to take something. Right. But at least you're self-aware and you know those triggers and all that kind of stuff. Um, tell us about what's going on with the music and the new podcast. Yeah. Um, so I started a new podcast called Talk to Me Fully. Um, and it's pretty much it's a fun show where, like, um, we talk about different things that are happening on in the world and we just put we just invite you into like our living room yep. and we just have conversations, candid conversations. It's on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Um, talk to me fully. First season is done. Nice. Um, it's me, my cousin Ricky, my boy Drew, um, Will, and then my boy Kyler. Okay. So it's 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 really fun. It's enjoyable. Dope. Yeah. Dope. And then with the music, um, right now working on a little triple single, working on some music and uh, got some collabs in the works with some artists I really really rock with so it's exciting dope man that's it anything else did we forget anything Zach we hit everything every talking yeah. point hey guys if you enjoyed this video I'm going to this camera if you enjoyed this video right now stop what you're doing click out of the chat or, or if you're not even watching the chat just click just give this video a like okay give this video a like make sure you're subscribed 55% of the people who watch this channel are not subscribed so make sure you're subscribed and let us know what you think about this conversation in the comments section because I do want to hear from you guys and make sure you guys go subscribe your podcast is on your Cluso YouTube it's on a Cluso YouTube yeah. a Cluso YouTube go check out a Cluso on YouTube I'm gonna go to the subscribe to a Cluso's YouTube channel yo check out his music because I think if you if you have reasonably good taste you're gonna love his music. Talk so, to him. Some of y'all talk to him for I don't know about y'all taste. Y'all be y'all, you know, <laughs> you be kind of funky with it. I know a lot of y'all trying to bring back the extra duper, super duper uh, trance. You remember them trance pants? They're coming back, bro. They're the the way you used to wear them to the to the raves. You know what I'm talking about? The real baggy pants. Those are back. So y'all got some questionable taste. Y'all trying to be a little too much of a hype beast. But listen, regardless, Low key, I may rock those pants. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Go follow Klesso and check out his music. You will be pleasantly surprised by the quality of the music. And now I'm super excited he's in the content space and we need more young voices like his and his perspective. So thank you guys for watching this, man. Any, any final words before we get out of here? Love you guys. Ruslan's the man. He discovered me and he's always blessed me. Keep following him. <laughs> there you go. Kingstream Entertainment. R R R R Ruslan.
When the culture says do what you love, we respond with love what you do. You may have responsibilities that you aren't passionate about, but loving what you do means being faithful to what's in front of you, committing to excellence as if that were your greatest dream. Colossians 3.23 says, Work diligently at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Love what you do. Love what you do. Kingstream Entertainment. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, considering giving it a like and subscribing. This month, I'm releasing the Love What You Do collection. And to celebrate, I'm doing a three-day virtual event to help us go from learning to love what we do to ultimately doing what we love. By the way, it's free. So hit the link in the description to grab your seat today.